Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, it is officially spring, score one for the good guys, which means warmer weather, which means you don't need as heavy a clothes. So maybe you may want to lighten up your wardrobe a little bit by head over to Leon Tailoring. That's right, maybe a nice spring jacket or maybe a nice pair of slacks or trousers or perhaps a nice spring dress uh, for the ladies in our audience. No matter what it is, Leon Tailoring can take care of all your spring needs. So spring on over Leon Tailoring. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy, happy to see you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown. Indianapolis. Um, Good morning. Thank you for coming out today, and I will let Representative Delaney get started. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, I'm Ed Delaney from House District 86. I'm here to talk about what I think is a looming, shall we say, debate about property taxes, and to give a heads up to our homeowners in particular that you could face a very significant increase in your property taxes this year. The bills are literally going out. The, the bills are literally going out as I stand here, some electronic, some by mail, but over the next week or 10 days, everyone should have their bill. The big number is that on average, the residence assessed value has gone up 18.9%. That number is very significant, very unusual. We are having in one year approximately the increase in valuation that we would expect to get in four years. That's because of what happened in the year 2020 and 2021 as far as home values. So, by the way, as a prediction, unless we do something, we'll have not as large, but also a very significant increase next year because it will be based on 2022's numbers and yes, things did tail off at the end of 2022, but there was still a significant increase in valuation. So we could repeat this syndrome uh, once again. Uh, put simply, our 1% property tax cap, our system is showing its age. It was essentially adopted in the year 2007, and we've never before had to deal with our property taxes at the same time we had dramatic increases in property values. The system, is not, in my view, is not flexible enough uh, to deal with that kind of a problem. So we're going to have to figure out over time uh, how to deal with this, and that's part of what I wanted to talk about. Uh, our schools have, for some years, as you know, been seeking property tax referenda. Uh, they're not all passing, and that's a problem. And of course, the core reason they seek that is that schools are funded by in state taxes, income and sales tax principally, but also by property tax, and the property taxes are not adequate. So we have the, the schools tire for funds, the homes facing uh, up to 20%, nearly 20% in increase in valuation. One of the unique reasons for all this problem is that we have too many units of government. We have literally thousands of units of government in this state, and they are in effect competing for this property tax pot. This goes on. So my view is that our property tax system is not functioning the way it was intended to. It's not functioning in light of today's economic circumstances, and we'll be needing change. My friends in the majority should have seen this coming. The property valuation increases over the last few years have been obvious. Some people have celebrated them. Some people have cried about them, but we've known about them. There is literally no way to fix this year's property tax bills. Let me repeat that. This year's property tax bills cannot be fixed. We can do something for next year so we don't have yet another increase. We can do something for the long term, but this year's cannot be fixed. There's one small exception to that, 
If you're living in Marion or Madison County, you can still appeal your assessment until June 15th. Most of the other counties, the deadline has already passed. Uh, if you appeal the assessment, you're going to have to pay last year's taxes and take a chance that if you don't win your appeal, uh, that you'll owe interest. All right. So let's talk about a, a couple small factors, maybe not so small. In Indianapolis, Mayor Hogsett and the city administration is out in front, and they will be giving uh, $150 uh, credit to many of our people and $100 to people who are a little bit better off. Uh, that credit, the credit will appear on this spring's bill. Most counties do not have this uh, proposal. So let's look at this chart briefly. As I mentioned, 18.9% is the typical increase in value of a home. If we go up a little bit, if we go up a little bit here on the chart, uh, we'll see that where this money's going. Curiously, the number one winners in the increased revenue from property tax are the townships. I didn't create that. We have a thousand of them. Why they come in as the highest winner. Schools come in second, and so on. The cities, the cities get 11%. So the bottom line is not every taxing district is going to get the same result. The third item, if we'll go up to the, uh, oh stop, it's on the left. This is interesting. These bars on the left are the increases by property type. The residences are getting 18.9%. At the low end, commercial buildings are going up 11.3 and so forth. For whatever reason, this is the way the system works. I don't think anybody planned it, but the homeowners are getting hit the hardest of any group in this uh, changing environment. Now, I have a couple other things for you if you want them. I have detailed explanations for how the system works. You can learn things such, for example, about 42% of the property taxes go to schools, which is why we talk about schools and property taxes. It's the number one recipient of property taxes, the school systems. They're overly dependent, in my view, on property taxes, and we need to reduce that. The taxes could be used if we relieve the pressure on the schools by giving them more taxes from the state, more revenue from the state, that would create funds to fix things like roads and hire police and things of that sort. Um, I think those are the main points with one exception. I wanted to show you a chart, uh, if you have it, this chart here. Yeah. I have prepared for you a sample of what a homeowner would look at. Uh, when they get their bill. And it's important to understand a few things. It will show them their total assessment. It will show them the amount they owe. It will show them what they save because of property tax caps. And it will show them in Marion County that they got $100 or $150 in a credit uh, that the county provided. Not for everybody, not at the high end. So this thing is very useful. So, everybody gets a double bill at the top because you pay twice. You get your parcel number. Let's keep going up here. Go up. There we go. This shows your amount due two different times. This shows your amount due at the two different times. It shows you the $150 savings in this hypothetical. 
and it also shows your total valuation and your, and your savings due to the tax caps. All right, I think that's enough. I've tried to make some policy recommendations, and there's really only one key recommendation in my view. We need to increase our reliance on state support for the schools. State support as opposed to property tax support. I think that is the most critical recommendation that I can make. If we do that, it reduces the pressure on the property taxes as a support for the schools and frees up property tax revenue for things that are truly local. The schools are not truly local despite our complex system. It's our state constitution that says that we shall have a uniform system of common schools. That's a state obligation. We ought to be addressing it more, taking the pressure off the homeowners, taking the pressure off the schools, taking the pressure off the referendum, and hopefully avoiding some of the other difficulties we're having. I think I've made my major points. I'm open to your questions about my little exhibits or questions you have about property taxes, and I hope you'll be able to inform your uh, citizens that, who are listening to you as the next week or 10 days goes forward as to why what is happening to their bill is happening. Thank you. Question for you. Yes, sir. One of the things that has popped up in this whole property tax situation has been the pandemic, the supply chains, uh, supply and demand. A lot of folks just said this is just basically the free market system doing what it's supposed to do. Home prices go up when there's more demand. So can you really call for a property tax reform based on sort of the weird, so you know, the bad facts make them bad law? So can you really call for a property tax reform in the wake of what we just went through with the pandemic? Well, I don't believe that all the property tax increases uh, and all the valuations are stemming in any way just from the COVID epidemic. I think we have a long-term situation when we had low interest rates, which occurred long before COVID, that drove up home prices because people could get a mortgage and pay very little for it. So we've got all these factors. And my bottom line is that property tax system is too clumsy, too rigid to deal with those changes. On the income tax side, if I make more money, I pay 3% more roughly to the state of Indiana. I know that, everybody knows that. The system is locked in. The property tax system requires valuing house after house after house, coming up with a total, having multiple units decide how much they want for revenue. So no, I think we need a long-term solution. I don't think this is a one-term problem. And by the way, it's not surprising. We had, what, a 10 or 12-year crisis before we did the reform in 27, 2007. It's been 15 years, and we've had different experiences. And the system is just not flexible. We need to rely on taxes that are more flexible. We cut a business uh, uh, income tax. We cut other taxes. So we limited our ability to respond. We need to think this through deeply. Yes? You got to be a little louder. The question was, how does moving money from the state, meaning sales, income tax, and so forth, over to the schools, lower property taxes? Well, it's, it's, it's just really this simple. 30 to 40% of the cost of the schools come from local property taxes, okay? To the extent we take pressure off those and limit the ability of the schools in return, to use property taxes. We would have to limit their ability to use property taxes, but support it with state revenue. When we do that, that frees up property taxes to go elsewhere. The, 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 the system works as a whole. All these units in every county, in effect, have an indirect agreement as to how much the total taxes will be. We decide that at the state house, and then they have to cut up the pie. 
Well, if we shrink the school's part of the pie because we're giving them state money, then there are other people like the police, the fire, uh, the libraries, whatever, they'll have an opportunity. I've seen a lot of the rural counties, they're having trouble with firefighting because we don't have as many volunteers as we used to. Okay, well, if we can release, relieve the pressure on the property tax system, that creates money that can be transferred over to that. That's just one example. Yeah. That that's that's a perfectly legitimate question. We we do have the right to try to lower the property tax across the board. I think we could try to do that, but that just requires more state funding, and we have to change some of our traditions. We don't have revenue sharing here as they do in Washington. We don't say we're going to send money to every county because it needs the money. We don't do that. Okay. There's a suggestion from Representative Thompson in the House budget that we kind of do that for the schools, that we guarantee them that they get $1,500 from property taxes per student, and if it comes up short, we'll fill the gap. That proposal is sitting there. I think the Senate will not be interested in that. But that is, by Indiana standards, a dramatic idea that we basically <laughs> subsidize property taxes. It's different. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the only way to go. But it's a separate question whether property taxes are too high. It's how they're allocated and how we can make sure they don't get way high. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. Oh, the question is, what am I thinking about lowering the 1% the, uh, property tax cap uh, temporarily, uh, which is in a bill that passed the House that I voted for? I think it's a good concept. It's a stopgap measure. It's designed to solve the problem that we have right now. It doesn't help everybody. It doesn't solve the problem long term. And I think that's what's wrong with it, is, is that it's not a long term solution. But I hear the homeowners. I want to help them. And what that particular proposal is aimed at, of lowering the, so you couldn't get 1% from home learning, you could get 0 0.9%, 0.95%. The, the genius of that is it, it helps reduce the increase next year. Helps reduce the increase next year. Watch my words very careful. Doesn't get rid of the increase. And it maintains this year's increase. So if you went up $500 this year, you're going to go up that same $500 next year, plus a little bit more or a lot more, depending upon what we do. So yeah, I support the idea, but it's only a temporary measure. We've got to look at how these systems work together. We've got this bill coming through that the Senate sponsored to have a study over the next year of our tax system. I think we need to look at it in a very sophisticated way, not just we cut this tax, this tax, this tax. But look how they work together. This is an example of the property tax support for schools together with the state support for schools. The two things are twined together, and I don't think it's working well. I think there's getting to be a knot in those strings. So the, the suggestion is, could we cap the assessment increase? That's really ultimately no different than what we're doing now. We're, we're, there is a thing, I even hate to talk about it because it's so complicated. We have a levy limit that goes back to Governor Bowen. Any taxing unit can go up only about 5% a year currently. So we do have limits 
but we're trying to, people don't want the low assessment. Everybody wants a high assessment in terms of the value. When you want to sell your house, you want a high assessment. When you pay your property taxes, you say, uh-oh, I don't like that. So we've got mechanisms already in place to dampen the effect. My point is they're not working. They're not working adequately at this particular time. And a lot of people are going to be hit pretty hard. this right. This is complicated. The reason the taxes go up high this year is because values went up high in 2021. We have a lag. So at the end of 2021, they did an assessment and they mailed it out in 2022. Okay. Well, next year we're going to pick up 2022, where despite the fact that at the end of the year, prices started stabilizing or dropping, for the year as a whole, they were up significantly. So we're going to get this again. So the, I think the, the uh, vacillation, the fluctuation, is a problem for homeowners when they try to plan on their home. Uh, people who have a, a mortgage are going to get a bill from their bank shortly, sometime this summer, saying, hey, your monthly escrow, your monthly reserve for taxes just went up. It will not be unusual for people to have to pay another $100 or more a month. I think that's the, one of the core problems with the property tax system is this up and down, and also the fact that it's simply too complicated. I, I don't think a complicated tax system is a good thing, because the public can't understand it, the legislature, frankly, can't always understand it. Yes, sir, do you have a question? Yeah. Uh, it looks like we're going to get these tax forms, this tax forms. Yeah. Well, I think the, I mean, let's, I guess I've been here, around here long enough that I value whatever reputation I have for being fair, okay? So let's be fair. Representative Thompson, who's a Republican and chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, he is recognizing this problem uh, by suggesting that we take state funds to replace property tax funds at the school level. He's, that's a fair thing. Now, he says the schools can, in turn, go gouging, all right? I don't know that the Senate is prepared to deal with that. That's a big idea by Indiana tax standards. The only idea that the Senate has ever had is to cut a tax. We need to talk about how we spend a tax, how we allocate a tax, and who pays the tax, instead of just playing this endless game of cutting the income tax by another one-tenth of one percent. So, uh, I don't know if they're ready. I think we need to have the conversation. I wish it were a simple conversation, but it's obviously not. So I hope that we can go along with some of what Representative Thompson has said, and that I've been quietly, or maybe not quietly, urging this for some years. Uh, and I think it's time to have that conversation. Who's responsible for the schools? One of the things we see is this endless controversy about whether charter schools should get property taxes. The system is not designed for that. But the reason they want that is because much of the school funding comes from property taxes. 
I, my idea would actually benefit the charter schools. That's not my favorite charity. But it would have that effect because it would reduce our reliance on property taxes. So I think a lot of people would benefit from this. And do local governments bear some responsibility for the property tax situation? Do local governments bear some responsibility? Obviously, at some level, and this is where this is where I disagree with my Republican friends. They want to say, well, we don't, we're not responsible for property tax. Okay. So the locals are doing this to you. I totally reject that. We set up the rules. We set up the whole assessment method. We set up how much you can grow every year, how much you can't grow every year. We have so much control over the property tax system. So I think we bear much of the responsibility. Now, the locals, the problem is there are too many of them, okay? The number one winner is the townships, which just between you and me is not the number one priority of anybody who doesn't happen to work for township government. But they're the number one winners under this system in terms of getting a large part of the growth in uh, revenue. So to that extent, if locals merge their townships, merged fire departments, uh, if the school districts merged and, and cut costs, sure. So to that extent, I think there is responsibility locally. All right, are there any other questions? You've got lots of stuff to, I gave you to read. If you want to read or talk to me about it, I'm always available to Anna Groover here, who is in charge of my life, okay? All right, thank you very much. I appreciate it. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.